Good morning, church. This baby's hot today. Come on, I'm going to tune this down a little bit. These folks on the front row will get their ears blowed off. Um, I'm excited uh, to be able to share this morning with you. I got to move this. I'm sorry. That thing's blaring my ears out. Um, thank you. Um, God's really been moving um, in my heart. And uh, this, this series that we're talking about, Bigger Than Me, it, it's just, to me, it's, it, it goes to the center core of what uh, is the obstacle that most of us face. It, it, if we realize things, this, this life, the things that, that God has called us to is bigger than us, then it will change how we live our life. Y'all with me? I didn't realize that I said that so much last week until I got a text from somebody, and it says, hashtag you with me, I'm with you. I like that. That made me, that made me smile. But uh, y'all give me y'all give me a nod. Y'all let me know that, that y'all hadn't knocked out because uh, the look on y'all's faces when y'all were coming in this morning, half of y'all still asleep. Some of y'all still asleep. So y'all y'all stay with me. Um, and, and God's just really been moving through the last week when I've been preparing my, for my, this sermon, just constantly going this back, taking me back and realizing that that this isn't about me. You know, and if we realize that that this ain't about us. It changes the way we live. It changes the way we pursue things, and it changes the way we act. If uh, the events that happened this past weekend um, in, in Virginia, if people would realize that this ain't about me, it would have changed the way they acted, and it wouldn't have been as catastrophic as it had happened. And so before we get started, let's pray, and, uh, and then we'll get started right on in the message. Uh, Father, we come to you right now. God, we just pray that you would just move in a mighty way. God, that you would touch our hearts, you would touch our lives. God, help us right now. Lord, our li- we allow our lives to be so busy to the fact that we're living our lives for us and not for you. So, God, we pray right now that you would help us all right now. Just focus on you. God, I pray that you would right now, you would move uh, away the, the thoughts of what we were talking about on the way in. I, I pray that you would remove the thoughts of, of what's gonna, what we've got to do after we leave church. I, I pray, Lord, that you would just remove the thoughts of, uh, of I wonder how many people is going to be at the cafe when I get there. I, I just pray, God, all these thoughts that come in our minds, that we would stop right now. And, Lord, you would fill it with, with your thoughts, Lord. God, help us focus on the things that matter. Help us focus on you. God, I pray that you would speak to us in a mighty way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, so last week, last week we were, uh, we were talking about, you know, how to live our lives in view of eternity. And if we're living our life in view of, of eternity, like in what's going to happen when we die, when we're going to meet Jesus face to face, when we think about when I meet Jesus, he's going to give an account of not what I did, what he called me to do. Y'all with me? So if, he, if that's going to happen, that changes the way I live. That changes how I love. That changes the way I pursue things. It changes every aspect of my life. And I'm going to be on this side because I think this side needs it more than that side this morning. But I may swap up. I'm just playing left side. But the thing is, is, is we often, we live in this performance-based society where we get rewarded on, on, on how well we do. Y'all with me? And that's what we're, we're driven by that. I, I'm not doing, I'm, if we, my spouse loves me if I do X, Y, and Z. And if I, if I miss one, they're not, not going to love me as much. And I want to tell you, God's, there's nothing you can do right now to make God love you more. 
And like we said last week, there's nothing you can do right now. Some of y'all thought that was the rapture right then. Y'all was like, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. But we are in control of how pleased God is with us. And I want us to constantly understand that. Because I want my Jesus to be pleased with me. I want him to be happy with what I have done with the time he has allotted me on this earth. And so all of us are in control of that. He's given us guidelines. He's given us word. And he's like, it's up to us to live it out, not for ourselves, but for him. And that's the struggle all of us have. Am I, it, it, that's, that's, that's a struggle in marriage. That's a struggle in any relationship. It's a struggle at work. It's, it's am I going to do this for me or am I going to do this because of Jesus? Is this, do I have a greater meaning in why I'm doing the things I'm doing? And if you're living your life with eternity in the cross areas, it changes the way you treat people. It changes the way you love people. It changes your schedule. It changes everything about you when you realize that this is bigger than me. And it's one, I think it's one of the most sobering things I've, I've, I've come across in a long time because everything we're, we're taught from, our, from when we're a child is, is do what makes you happy. Do this, and it's all about your happiness. It's all about, and it's not really about your happiness because sometimes God may call you to a tough place. But if your mind and your vision is, is focused in with God, you will endure even hard things. Y'all with me? Y'all will endure hardships. You will, it, it, you will go through bad times with a, with a smile. Because just like we talked about last week, what Paul said, he says, he says, I'm running this race. I'm running this race with eternity in the cross. So he was living his entire life because he was, oh, school's in. He was living his whole entire life, whole entire life, not worrying about what one man thought about him. He was living his whole entire life focused on doing what God called him to do. And you know what's crazy? is It all came down to that one experience he had. It all came down to that one experience he had on the road to Damascus. Paul was just this, this religious person, just following the rules, thought he had it all together. And then he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and it changed everything. It changes his perception of life. It changed his goals. It changed who he talked to. It changed his, his friend circle. It changed everything about him. That's what true salvation looks like. And it changed Paul so dramatically that he was like, this isn't about me anymore. It's about Jesus. I want to do whatever makes him happy. Let me tell you, Paul had a hard road to hoe some days. When you read this, he, he was shipwrecked. He was snake bit. I mean, he was put in, he was put in jail. He had, he had people that, that abandoned him. He had all these different things happen to him. But he didn't quit because he had eternity in the crosshairs. His whole life was circled around pleasing Jesus, because he understood the sacrifice Jesus made. And when we understand that his life is bigger than us, it changes the way we live. It changes what holds, what has our heart. And so many of us are consumed by the, by the world. We're consumed by the things around us instead of consumed by the gospel. And it's so easy. It is so easy 
to just go through life and, and, and allow the world to dictate your view on everything instead of allowing the Word of God to dictate your view. And next thing you know, you may be coming to church, you're just going through the motions, but you're not living a life of victory. You're not living a life focused on the gospel. You're focused on Jesus Sunday from 11 to 12. But you ain't focused on Jesus no other time. And God didn't call us to be people to come to church, but people that are focused on him every single day, showing people the light of, the, the, the light of Jesus through our ordinary lives. Y'all with me? He's called all of us in this room right now to be the light. And that's what, I mean, that, in my heart, if we could get a hold of this, you, we could change the world around us, realizing this is bigger than me. Realizing that I'm at this job not just to make money, but for, to accomplish a purpose in which God's given me. How many of us think of going to work and the money we'll make as purpose by God? Some of y'all thinking, well, he better give me a raise. But the thing is, we need to realize that just like Paul, his biggest concern was pleasing God. He wanted to please God with everything about him, every aspect in his life. Is that your heart this morning? Do you want to please God? Amen? Y'all with me? Y'all want to please God? That means we have to, not just, in, not just one thing now. I, some of y'all was like, yeah, y'all, when y'all said that, y'all were like, I want to please him in church attendance. I want to please him in um, this, this, and this. I'm talking about everything. I want to please God in every aspect of my life. That means when God puts his finger on something that don't please him or something that you're not doing, you know what you need to do? You got to change that. Y'all with me on that? We can't say that you want to please God and then not act on it, okay? That's like telling my wife I love her and never really pursue her. Some of y'all have been telling God you love him, but you haven't been pursuing him. There's a difference. And he's not pleased with people that are not pursuing him. We've got to change our lives. We've got to repent, turn 180 degrees, and go back into, uh, in a different direction than when we came in. That's what, and we should live a lifestyle of that. When we realize God, that we're, God's not happy with us, then we need to change that. And I, when God's really been speaking to me this past week is a lot of us live selfishly. And, and, and when you live a life pleasing to God, it's a life of sacrifice. That's what Jesus did, right? We're supposed to be followers of Christ, imitators of the character of Jesus Christ, right? So if we're imitating Christ, we should live a life of self-sacrifice, dying to ourself, dying to, to what I want, dying to my desires, lining up my life with what Jesus Christ wants me to do. Y'all with me? This is going to be hard. Y'all better hold on. Some of y'all are waiting. Y'all are like, he's fit to just hit me in the juggler right now. I'm just waiting on it. The thing is, we're supposed to redirect our lives. And one of the hardest things that I've had to do, and most anybody in this room, but I had to guess, had to, one thing that we struggle with the most is our money. That's the biggest problem most people have. Our money has become a substitute for God for us. We, 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 our whole life revolves around money. Our happiness revolves around money. You might not realize it, but a lot of us are happy not because of Jesus, but because of the things that we have. And we think the things we have is a blessing of God, and they are in a lot of aspects, but you can't allow your blessings to be your God. So one of the biggest things, I think the biggest challenge is us, especially in America, is, 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 is the struggle with money. 
of replacing it for God. One of the biggest things that got me when I was in Argentina is them folks don't have a whole lot. We were talking about different things, and I was, you know, I was like, how about, you know, I can't eat a lot of things. I was like, how about some peanut butter? Y'all got some peanut butter? They was like, no. I'm like, hold up. Y'all don't have peanut butter? No. And it, that broke my heart. I mean, y'all know what you're missing. It was like, well, we can get it, but we have to ship it in and all this stuff. And I was like, man, that, that's horrible. And began to, to list all the things. I was like, well, how about this? Do y'all have this? No. How about a Snickers? Y'all got some candy? No. Just different things that, that, that we in, in America, it's like common. Thing. It's, it's, it's easy. They don't have that. They're making maybe $20 to $50 a week over there, and, and, and it's like they're so grateful. So many of us squander that at McDonald's. Some of y'all look at me, how can you spend that at McDonald's? Just drive them in McDonald's. I'll show you how to do it. But I'm just saying, we, we take the blessings that God's given us for granted. And God didn't give us the money that he's given us for us to live for ourselves, but to live and use for him, right? Because this ain't about, ain't about us, ain't about me. We got one person that believes that in the whole building up in here. Good job, Albert. But the thing is, is that many things have our hearts, but our generosity, it shows a lot about our heart. And it shows our perspective on life. When I see somebody that's generous, when I, when I, that's one of the things that really sh has shown me a lot of men in my life that, that have been a very generous man. I always, you can always track the generosity back to Jesus. Because our nature is not to give people our money. All right, I back up. My nature ain't meant to give people my money. We're going to talk about me, Ben. Y'all don't want me to talk about y'all, okay? <laughs> That's our nature. This is mine. I've made it. I work for it. I ain't giving it to you. You go get a job if you need some. That's most of our attitude. When I, but the first time I seen a man give somebody, it was a, a substantial amount of money, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What you doing? He's like, well, I just felt like God was telling me to give it to him. I was like, okay, well, I'm glad he's telling you that, but he ain't, you know, don't expect me to do it. You know, he, I had just gotten saved, and I began to listen to that man and see what God was doing in his life. And what I realized was that my perspective was all on me. I was hoarding the money that God had given me because I wanted it to be about me, about the stuff I could buy me, not about blessing other people. I know we talk about money in church, and y'all are like, oh, here it goes. You want me to give you all the money to the church? No. No, I want you to give your money to God, the, the money that God's given you, because that shows our heart. It shows that it's ain't about me. When I'm, all, when, I'm, when I'm generous to give money to wherever God wants me to give it, whether it's a church, whether it's a ministry, whether it's somebody, it's whatever God tells you to do with it, that shows that, hey, God, the money is not my God. My God is Jesus Christ. I'm following Jesus, and I'm going to do with whatever he gives me in order to please him. Generosity shows our heart. So now y'all still with me? All right. 
So one of the biggest things in my, that I was writing down this week and God's really showed me is, is we, we are a church, right? This is the church. We are a people following Christ. I think, and one of the things I think that God wants us to be as far as generosity is concerned is how I think he wants us to be a people that is grateful, grateful for what, for all God has done. You know, if you're grateful for something, if you're grateful for somebody, you're going to go above and beyond to show them your gratitude, aren't you? Aren't you? And, and if, if, if a waitress, I'm speaking to some of you because some of y'all don't do this, but if a waitress really, really, really does a great job, goes out of their way, out of their way, I mean, fills your tea up 75 times. I mean, I'm talking does everything. Picks up your youngins' uh, stuff off the floor, everything. They do everything for you. You okay? You want to give them a little extra, don't you? Grateful for what they've done for you. Same thing with God. You, do you realize what Jesus has done for you? Do you realize what God's done for you? He's given us eternal life so that we can have eternal life with him in heaven. We, we, we escape hell. We escape all that because we're following Jesus Yet he's telling me to give $100 to somebody, and we're like, uh-uh. We got eternal life. It's all about perspective. If I'm looking at things from right now, if I'm looking at things from what I want, if I'm looking at all these things that I want on this earth, all these temporal things, it is easy to say no. But if I'm looking at things as in, in, in the kingdom's perspective, if I'm looking at things of, all right, you know, it don't matter how lavish I live here. It don't matter if I live in a box here. It, 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 I want to please God. And if that's my attitude, that pleases God. And it all goes back to we don't trust God. We don't want to give God certain things because we don't trust him. We don't trust that he's, he's going to supply our every need. And I'm preaching like that to you hard because I'm telling you that's how I am and how I was. God's really been moving in my heart since, I, since I, he saved me to realize that when we won't give to God generously, it shows that we don't trust God. He's given us life. He's given us breath. He's given us jobs. He's blessed us with so much. Why do we think that he won't bless us if we give beyond? I've told the story multiple times here, but there's a good friend of mine that he had a brand, he had a car. And, and the, this, this story always shocks me, but he had a car and it was paid for and he had a, his wife was home and he was the only one working and he had quit his job, sold his business to go into ministry. And God told him, he said it was almost like he, he spoke to him like right there in front of him to give the car to a parent that was, in, that was, that was taking care of foster kids Give the van to him. And he's like, God, I got a tundra. That's all I got. We got four kids. We, my wife, that can't happen. We can't afford a new car. And he, and he was arguing with God, and he said, God just told him, do you trust me? So he signed the title over and gave it to the woman. And his wife was okay with that. They signed the title over the next day. I, you can't make this stuff up. The boy lives in the States for The next day. The phone rings. It was Franklin Chevrolet. It says, we got you a brand new 2000, I think at that time it was 14, um, van sitting here. Somebody purchased and it's in your name. Come pick it up. See, a lot of us thinking that we're holding on so tight to this little bit we have right now, not realizing that when we're obedient to God, he can give us so much more. And we're not preaching prosperity. Somebody was like, all right, I'll do that. I'll sign my raggedy car over right now. 
give me a new one. Yeah, buddy. I'm not preaching that this morning. I'm preaching obedience. You with me? We got to be obedient to God. And when we're obedient to God, he does amazing things. My, my friend would have been satisfied if God would have just brought him another one. But God does abundantly more than we ever could ask for. But it's all about our perspective and what has our heart. And if money has your heart, you will never let go of it. I've had a good friend of mine, uh, we, we talk about stuff all the time, and he said, you know what, Jeremy? We can live with less. We just choose not to. And I told him to go preach to somebody else. But anyway, he, he said that, and when he, the first time he said that, it, it, really, it really spoke to me because that's the thing. We choose to live way above, and we make excuses of why we can't give, but we never plan to give. See, God's called us to be a people that are grateful for what he's done. God's called us to be a people that give generously. I think God's called us to be a people who are not slaves to money. Who are not slaves to money. God's called us to be a people who store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. And I think the older you get, the more you realize that this life is temporary. We talked about our people last week in our 60s and above, the ones that were were closer to getting out of here than the rest of us. But (laughs) the older you live... The older you live, and I know I've no, I noticed it now. From, from when I was 20 to where I am now, I know, I, I've realized that this thing is temporary. Since we just had my, our son pacing this past year, it was like this year went through in a month. It was like, boom. Time goes by so fast. Why would we be so concentrated on the here and now when we have eternity to look forward to? But yet we look at things with these rose-colored glasses looking at life right here in front of us, instead of looking at things with, with eternity in the crosshairs. How would that change the way we live? How would that change what we do? See, we can't become these things. We can't become people that are grateful. We can't become people that, that are given generously or not a slave to money or, that, or, or that people that are really intentional with putting our treasure in heaven. If we don't get the right view on the way God sees money. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 19 says this. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And when you read that, that last verse, it kind of just kicks you in the ribs a little bit. But we have to realize that we cannot allow the blessings that God's given us to replace the God that loves us. I'm going to repeat that. We can't allow the blessing that God has given us to replace the God that loves us. Y'all with me on that? And so many times we allow those blessings because of life around us and our people that we hang out with and, and just our perspective on life to be the blessing is, is that's the end. We're so happy. 
don't know how many times people have, people have called me and texted me, pray about this raise or pray about this job. And I do. I pray about these things. But it's, it's good that if you get this job or you get this, this promotion, what are you going to do with it? I think a lot of times we don't get any further in life. Sometimes we don't. God doesn't bless us with, with more money or more things because he can't trust us with what we have right now. If he can't trust you what you have right now, how is he going, why do you think he's going to give you more? Our perspective needs to change. See, in the beginning of that, we have to, have, verse 19 through 20, it says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth where they can be destroyed, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It's about, it's really just about our whole mindset, realizing that all, everything we have is a gift from God. And it's about stewardship. It's stewarding the things that he's given me. So if he's, give, if he's given me great things, then I have a great responsibility to steward it well for the kingdom, not for my own benefit. And there's nothing wrong. I know every time people preach on money, I used to be the same way. Like, oh, he's trying to tell me I need to sell everything I got and move to Africa. No, that ain't what I'm telling you this morning. That might be what God's telling you to do, but I, that's what I'm telling you this morning. I'm telling you that it's okay to have things. It's okay to have cars and houses, and it's okay to have things. But when those things replace God, then those things are wrong. When, 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 the, when the money in the bank account means more to you than helping your neighbor, something's wrong. But when God blesses you exceedingly and abundantly, then you have a great responsibility to steward that money in a way that glorifies God. Steward your possessions in a way that glorifies God. Steward the houses you own. Steward the Everything that you have, steward those things in a way that glorifies God. And you won't do that if you're looking at life on what pleases you, what makes you happy. You will only do it if you're focused on pleasing Jesus. Money has our hearts. And sometimes it has such a grip on our lives that it makes us make the decisions on what our next step is instead of God. There's been a many a man and many a woman that has been robbed of the joy of following Christ, doing it to his purpose in which he's called for their life because they were worried about the money they were going to lose. Almost. God was telling me to, to quit surveying, and, and I allowed the pride of my life. I always struggle with with being, uh, I guess, with being successful. I, I, I grew up, and, and it was like everything, everything was hard for me. Like I had, to, I had to work for everything I ever had. Nothing was given to me. I remember in high school, working, paying for a truck. I was, work, I was paying insurance. I was doing all this stuff, and, and, and it was just, I was doing all these things. And I was in high school working. I remember a teacher, teachers, you have great influence on our young people. But I had a teacher one day tell me, they were mad, aggravated with me but told me that I, I would never be nothing. And when they told me I would never be nothing, something in me triggered. To my whole life, I was going to prove to them I was going to be something. And they couldn't care less. They were just mad in the moment. But I've proved, my whole life, it was I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to be somebody. And I worked harder than anybody else where I worked at. I worked overtime. I robbed my wife of a lot of time of being with her because I worked all the time because I'm going to prove myself to somebody. They're going to know that, I can, that I'm, Jeremy Lindsay is a hardworking man, and I'm going to do these things. And I wanted to be successful in the eyes of everybody else. I wanted to have all these things, all these toys. You know what? I had all that stuff. I got to the top 
where I work at, where I worked at. I got, I was, I was, I was second in command from in my industry, in my, in my division, over everybody. I was at that time. I was 28 years old. Second in command. I had been. I mean, I was. I was kind of like that song. I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. I was there. I was at the top. I was, I'm sorry, but that's just my, how my mind works. But I was at the top. And that's when God started moving in my heart to start being a pastor. To move, and I'm like, God, I, how, how come I'm going to be a pastor? You know, preachers, I mean, they're supposed to ride the raggediest vehicles and they live in the smallest houses. And, you know, they, they depended on their people, their stingy people to give them money. And, and I mean, how, how am I going to live, God? I mean, I'm going to start to death if I'm going to be a preacher. I can't do that. And, and, and I look at my wife and she, you know, I tell her that, and it was just like, I just robbed her of all her dreams. And I, I said so that was a struggle. And I, and I battled through that for a couple years until God made me realize that it's not about these things. When God began to make me realize that he placed me in the position I was, even though I had the wrong intentions most of my life, when I realized what I was there for, I started at work, I started having a, a purpose-driven life at work. I started using my work to influence people for the gospel. And I started realizing that the, the money that God gave me was not just for me. And I started using, I got out of debt. I began to use that money to help other people. And you know what I realized? The more money I gave away, it's crazy, but the more money I gave away, the more money that came in. I went into a, I went, I went into a, I had topped out. I'd made, I was making more money than, than anybody in my division was making at the time. I was, they told me that you cannot make more, no more money in this position. You know what they did? They created another position that they didn't even have just so they could give me more money. I didn't ask for it. I come home, I was like, man, this is awesome. And I got to thinking, first thought, first thought, all right, they gave me this much, I can buy this with it. And God brought me back, and he's like, you know what? I didn't give you this job, this extra money, so that you could please yourself here. You need to give this money to this ministry. Or to that. And I found that as I gave my money to God, and I began to trust him more because I began to see him do more things. And, and, it, get, and, and it gets almost addictive to me. I have a very addictive personality, so I start doing stuff. I want to do more. And Sabrina's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't give away everything, you know, just hold up. And I'm not putting me on a pedestal. I just want you to see that, that when you live a life focused on the gospel, and I don't get it right all the time. I'm not perfect. But you got to live a life with your eyes on the prize because if you don't, you will always be robbed of those blessings. It's a blessing that you get to see God use you to do those things. So many people robbed from this because we had the wrong outlook on life. Because this thing's bigger than you. He gave you these things so you could be a blessing to other people. And think about the things that we're robbing other people of. Because we're not obedient to God. Y'all look at me like I'm preaching your eyes out this morning. But I'm just telling you the truth. See, God's given us the money that we have to steward it. And when you steward money for somebody else, it's not what you want to do with it. It's what they want you to do with it. So the question is, are you in tune with God enough to know what he wants you to do with the money that he's given you? So a lot of us, we're just like, mm, new car. 
I mean, come on. Oh, four-wheeler. Ooh, baby. New boat. Boat season. Uh-oh, getting time, getting fishing season. Let's get a new boat. Don't worry. I heard a guy the other day. We were talking about something. He said, you know, I don't worry about the money. I just want to make sure the payment's right. <laughs> I was like, okay. You got more money than I got. Just make sure we can get, we can get that payment right so I can get my stuff. See, we got to have the right perspective on things. And God's called us to have a heavenly perspective, looking at life with, with eternity in the crosshairs. That will drive a lot more decisions that you have. You won't give unless you plan for it. Y'all with me? If you don't plan on giving, you ain't going to give. I know you and I know me. We ain't going to do it. We ain't going to do it. Y'all with me? I'm trying to make, break it down so y'all understand. We ain't going to do it. If you don't plan to give, you won't give. And I found, me and Sabrina, we found ourselves at a time we were giving our tithe. We were, we were being, you know, we were being gentle. We were giving our tithe to the church that we were supposed to. And I felt like God was calling us to give more. And, and, and I told Sabrina, I was like, well, maybe we need to set up another account. We just put money in just so that purpose, just so we can give. Just put that money over there and say, God, this is what you want to do. Sabrina's like, great idea. You know what? We ain't done it yet, but we're working on it. Just give you an idea. You know, I ain't saying I'm perfect, but I'm just saying. But you got to plan for it. Because I know there's been times when God's told me to give money to this or to that. And because I didn't plan for it, I couldn't give because I would have come up short on all my other obligations. We got to be careful that we're not so marred down with debt that it enslaves us and we're a slave to our possessions and not to the God that created us. It is so easy to sign and drive. It's another thing to die and live. Y'all with me? God's called us to be people, not slaves to our possessions. See, the, and the whole, whole, the whole cord, the issue is our heart. See, money is the heart of the issue. Verse 21 says, for whether your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want to know where your heart is? Look what your treasure is. If you, if you value other people, your treasure is that. If you value Seeing other people happy, your treasure is that. If you value things, then that's what your whole life is built around, things. It's so easy to get caught up in that trap because that's what society expects of you. Well, watch, watch TV one Saturday afternoon, and you'll start checking your, say, right, can I buy this or can I buy that? Or, you know, let's go to this sale. Let's go to that. I ain't ever figured a sale out, I tell you. Sabrina would come home, she's like, I went to Belt today and they had a sale. I was like, okay, baloney for a week. They get you there if you can spend more money than you been planning on spending to begin with. It's a trick. It's a gimmick. But anyway, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, it's about, it's about, not, it's about using your money to serve other people. You with me? Not, not you allowing the money to serve you. And when money has our heart, it's all about us and what we can have. And see, our level of generosity is a great indicator of how much we trust God. Because a lot of us won't give beyond because we're worried about, is God going to supply my every need? I had a guy that I know that he was, he was, uh, he was getting out of debt and he was doing these things. And he was telling me, I actually was buying his lunch one day. And I was like, man, What's, what's going on? And um, we were talking, not because I had to, but just because I wanted to. And we were, we were having lunch together. And he was like, brother, you don't know. He said, I got, I got like $10 in my checking account. It lasted me for about two, two weeks. He said, I had, I had 500 but God told me to give this much. 
He said, I'm like, God, I can't give that because I give that. I ain't going to have but $10. He said, and God was telling me he was going to take care of me. He said, I came to lunch today, and you, had, you offered to pay by for my lunch, and I need, and yeah, thank you. He said, because I wouldn't have been able to, you know, if I'd have bought lunch today, I wouldn't have been able to eat. He said, but I don't care about eating. He said, I wanted to obey God so much that I didn't care if I ate another drop until next week when I got paid. I wanted to please God that much. I was pretty much like, all right, man, here, here's my credit card. We'll see you later. You know, it's like, that's the heart God's looking at. Somebody that is, he wants us to be so sold out to him that it's like, you know what, God? If I got to do it without food just to please you, then that's fine. Because this money is not my God. I'm serving you. That's how, that's how intentional he wants us. The other thing is, our, the way we view our money, it pretty much dictates how we do everything. The way we view money dictates how we do everything. Verse, verse 22 and 23 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes have a healthy or healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great will that darkness be? And so our eyes, it's talking about our eyes. That's how we perceive things, how we see things. So our perception shows how we live. So if, so if we're stingy, and we don't want to give nobody any money. If you're, whew, let me tell you, I ain't going to talk about that. If you're stingy and you won't allow God to, to, you won't give God any money, you won't give nobody any money, it's all about you. It change, it's your perception, you know what I'm saying? Because you're like, this is all I'm going to get. I'm not going to get no more. It's like saying you don't trust God. And he didn't call us to live a life like this. He called us to live a life like that. Because if we live a life like this, closed-fisted, we're holding on like just like almost like we're about to die. We're holding on to it so tight that you can't even get in to put anything else in it. But if you live a life like this right here, where it's like, you want know God, this is yours. He can take out what he wants. He can put in what he wants. And my God gives a lot bigger dividends than Wall Street. See, guys, we got to be have that perception. If we're so focused on money, we try to beat people out of money. We try to do whatever it means it means to make us come out better on every aspect of it. We won't do anybody a favor. We won't help anybody. We won't be the, 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 God, the, the people that God's called us to be because we're focused on us and what makes us happy. And if Jesus makes you happy, then it's okay to give. Y'all with me this morning? I heard a pastor one day, um, and I, I don't know if this is true or not. You probably could do it. I wouldn't want to do it, but he said that, uh, that he, one day he was, they were talking about meeting budget and different things, and, and he went in and he, he checked his, uh, he just checked who, he said, I want to see who's giving. So he was going through their program. I don't know if we can do that. We might can. I might look. Let's see. But he began to look through the program and seeing who was giving, and he began to realize there was only there was only like 5% of the church that was actually giving, that was attending. And he said, it breaks my heart because it makes me see that people's perspectives are jacked up because it's all about them and not about the kingdom. He said, I could care less if they were giving to the church because people feel like if they give to the church, they're paying the pastor. That's not it. It's for the church to do ministry. And the church, he said, what, what kills me is that we could do so much more ministry if the people would have the right perspective of life and saying, this ain't about me, it's about God. So I want to do I want to give God my money so that we can reach people for the kingdom. 
The only way things change, the only way communities change is by us being generous with our time, our talents, and our money. And a lot of us are like, we want to make a difference. We want to see things change. And God can change things in an instant like that, but he wants to see if you trust him. That's why sometimes there's, we have to wait in order to hear an answer from the Lord. That's why he demands our obedience. And our money shows our trust in God. So how much does that show that you trust God? I mean, a lot of times our perspective is all about seeing, just putting that money in a bucket, and I'm getting this off of my, off my chest. But let me tell you a little something. You're not giving just to this church. You're giving to the mission and the vision of this church when you give to this church, when you put your money in the bucket. See, God's given me a great vision for this church. I prayed for a vision, and I prayed for God to show me what I needed to do, and God begins to break my heart, but I realized that the only way to do ministry is that you got to have people and money. First, you got to have God, but you got to have people and money. And, and so God began to lay on my heart that, that our, our community is in so drastic need for the youth to see that there's a different way to live life. we got to break the cycle somehow. And if you work in the school system, you know what I'm talking about. And, and we keep doing the same things and expect different results. And I was like, God, what we need to do? And it's like, it would be great for us to have a boys and girls club here in our county. The only way that happens is if we have somebody, to, something to fund it. Or if we have some people that say, God's called me to be in that ministry to make a difference for our youth. But it happens with self-sacrifice. People want self-sacrifice that they're focused on right now. My, my heart is for addiction. There's so many people in our community that are just... They're just devastated by, by addiction and to help them get out of that. And God's laid on our heart to, to do something with addiction, to help people, show people that Jesus is the way out. Y'all with me? But that don't happen. I said expecting them to come to church every Sunday, and, and that does happen, but you got to have people to walk with them. You got to have showing them if there's a better way. That don't happen unless you have people sacrificing their time and their money. Saying, God, burden my heart for this. Let's do this to reach people for Jesus. We won't never accomplish nothing unless we get a hold and say, you know what, God? You're my God, and that means nothing to me. That means nothing to me. I want to serve you. If you don't want me to have not one more dollar, then I'm fine. But if the thought of that puts a big knot in your stomach, and chances are that money is more of a God in your life than God is. You know, I remember what it was like to eat Vienna sausages three meals a day. I remember what that was like. I do. And people look like I'm lying, but I'm telling you, I used to do it. I remember what it was like. And I, I go back to Paul. Paul says, I'm grateful. He says, I've, I've, had, I've had a lot and I've had a little bit, but I've learned to be content in all things. And guys, we got to get to the place of contentment in our life to where Jesus is what satisfies us. Jesus is our identity. Jesus is what makes us happy. Not the money we have or the things that we got, but Jesus. And when Jesus is our everything, Everything else changes. 
our priorities change. Our outlook on life changes. The things we have changes. And I didn't preach this to beat you up, but I'm telling you, God was beating me up too. God's called us to be, a, be the light, right? Did he call us to be the light? How can we be the light if we still allow darkness in our life? So what's God been shining on you this morning? What kind of, what's been shining on you? Because money is a terrible God. Money is a terrible God. Because money will run out and money will leave you. Just ask the repo man. He'll come get your stuff in a minute. He don't care how much money you got. Money will run out, but my God never will. Jesus said he came to seek and save the lost. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He said, he didn't say I came to make you rich, fat, and happy. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. A life centered on Jesus, happy with whatever he wants you in life. That is a life. That is the abundant life he's talking about. And if you signed on to following Christ, thinking that you was going to live in a $2 million home and drive a Mercedes Benz, uh, somebody lied to you. Because living a life for Jesus is a life of sacrifice. But the more you live like this, the more he's going to trust you with, the more he's going to give you. And he may not give you extraordinary things. He might give you lands, but he'll give you peace. So many of us walk in this anxiety of paying our bills. You know why? Because we're just scared to death that something else might happen. We're not trusting God with our finances. We're a slave to our possessions. Our money owns us instead of us owning our money. And God wants us to be a people that are sold out to him and not to ourselves. So when we realize that this is bigger than me, when I realize that my job is bigger than me, when I realize my bank account is bigger than me, when I realize that my generosity is bigger than me. It changes my perception of life and it changes the way I love and I give. It changes what I do with my money. It changes what I do with my possessions. It changes all of that. But it all starts with changing your perception. What are you living for, church? Are you living for now or are you living for forever? Are you living for the moment or are you living for eternity? We can store up all these possessions here. We can have all these great things. But you know what's going to happen when we die? We're going to leave them behind. Leave them behind. I heard a story. I don't know how true it is, but I heard a story. Uh, a guy said that uh, he worked his whole life. He beat people out of money left and right their whole entire life. Just his whole entire life, he wanted the next dollar, the next dollar. It was all about that. There was so much confusion in his family and his life and his people around him. Some people hated him because he had beat him out of so much money. And his, his instructions was when he died, he wanted them to put all his possessions in the, bank, in, in the casket with him. He wanted, every, he wanted as much as he could get in there with him. He wanted all the money in there with him. All his money, he wanted in the casket with him. So you know what they did? They wrote a check and stuck it in there. If they would have put all his money in there, they would have just buried the money because the man was never there. We live our whole life like we're going to take it with us. I've never seen a, a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. Never. 
when you die, no matter how hard you work, no matter how much money you've got, no matter how big a house you've got or how much land you've got, what's going to happen is you're going to leave it behind. And you may be planning to leave it all to your kids. If you don't have eternal perspective about things, they're going to live it and squander it, and everything you work for your whole life will be gone in about four months. I've seen it happen thousands of times. Live life for eternity, not for now. Because you can't take it with you. God gave it for you to enjoy it here. But if it's all about you, you will squander it on things that don't matter. God spoke to me one day, and I'll close on this. As I had, uh, I had like three four-wheelers at the house at one time. One of, had a Honda, an Arctic Cat, and a Kawasaki. And I bought all of them because I didn't know which one I wanted, so I bought all three of them to try, to, to try them all. I know it sounds stupid, that's what I did. And I had these things at the house, and I was selling them, and, and uh, I figured out which one I wanted, and I was selling the other ones. And this was in that moment where I was struggling with, with being with me or with what God wanted me to have. And but God came, and he, he was, I could tell he was struggling, and he was, he was trying to have something, and he, he, he wanted, he said, man, I've been looking at the forward, and I, I just want, I want, I want forward just like this. He said, but I only got $300. I was like, well, you ain't buying this one, boss. And he was, <laughs> I'm just being real. I mean, and I, he said, he said, well, I, I just, I really, I really want it. And he said, right, I can set up payment plans and this and this and this. And finally, I was like, it, it was just crazy in that moment. It was that, that was the opportunity to show that man some grace. I didn't need the money at the time. I'd already made my money up on something else and I, I, I just, I was like, you know what? If you want it, just give me 250. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, give me 250. He said, no, I got $300. I want to give you here. Let me here. And I said, you know what? I don't know if giving you this, you know, saving this four-wheeler for this amount of money is going to change anything, but God just really just changed the way I was thinking in this. So maybe, maybe God will bless you through it. It was like I just gave that man, man, a million dollars. He had, it, the fold was raggedy, but he wanted it. And he left with it. It was just a small thing. I got to show somebody a little bit of the gospel. If I'd have been hard-hearted and been like, you know what? No, I'm going to get my money out of this. I wouldn't have showed him anything. See, God's called us to show people grace. There's all kinds of opportunities that we can show people grace and mercy through the small things in which God's given us. And that story might have just seemed silly to you, but I'm going to tell you, that changed a lot of my perspective on life. So when life is not about me, I'm focused on Christ. That way my money, my job, my possessions is all at His disposal. And I'm always reminded of what Malachi says. Malachi 3.10 is a verse I go to a lot where he says, test me. You know, pretty much trust me. Trust me. Trust me. People, we worry about not giving, being able to give 10%. God gives us $1,000 or maybe, let's go low. Let's say $100 a week. God, you, you may make $100 a week. God's saying, trust me with 10%. Give me your tithe. And we're like, I can't trust you. I don't trust. I can't live without $10. 
You know, God, God's given us so much to be thankful for. We can't give him a little bit. And if he can't trust us with a little bit, he's not going to give us more. So maybe the next step you need to take is being more generous. And say, you know what, God, this ain't about me, it's about you. So God, I, I want to give. I want to give above. I want to give beyond. I want to give money to the kingdom. I want to give back because you've blessed me. I know a pile of people that God's given them a great promotion and they haven't given God one ounce of glory out of it. And then they're stuck in a job for years and years and they're like, I don't know why, I just can't get a promotion. These people keep going past me. It's like, are you, are you honoring God with the money he's giving you right now? And that's usually when they hang up on me. But that's, what the, that's the reality. We have to be obedient with what he gives us. And it starts with your perception. It starts with your focus. So as the band comes up and we prepare to close, church, now's your time to respond. You can sit in the pew and you can nod your head, but the reality is, is how are you going to apply this to your life? Are you going to continue to go through the same motions? Are you going, are you going to truly say, you know what, God, I want, I want to give you, I want to be a generous person. And maybe you need to come to the altar and say, God, help me fight this stinginess inside of me. God, help me fight this fear that's inside of me. God, help me fight this, this, this anxiety I have with, with wanting this security that, that I can only find in you. Maybe you need to come to that. Maybe today you've realized that money has been your God the whole time and God has not really been your God. Because if we all truly got it, man, we could bless this county and the people around us so much showing the love of Christ. And showing people your love. When people are hurting and people are down, that shows people so much that you love them when you're willing to give, even when it hurts. So where's God called you this morning? Where are you at this morning? Maybe your first step is salvation. Maybe your first step is, you know what? I don't, I don't even have that perspective. I'm not looking for tomorrow. I'm looking for right now. Maybe you need to come and say, you know, I need to surrender my life to Jesus so that I can have the right perception. If that's you this morning, I'll be standing right here. I'll be glad to pray with you and walk with you through that. If you will, stand with me. And as the song plays, I want you to sing, but also I want you to think about where you are. What's your next step? What's God telling you right now? What's God putting on right now? What's God touching you with right now? What's he touching right now that's saying, child of God, do this. Child of God, deal with that. What's he doing right now? It's your turn to respond when the Savior speaks. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would just move in a mighty way. I thank you, God, for speaking to me. God, I also ask you to speak to everyone in this room, Lord. Help us, Lord, not be slaves to the blessings that you give us. God, help us keep our minds on the prize. And, Lord, I pray that if our minds are not on the goal of seeing your smiling face, saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've given you these things, and you've provided much. God, I just pray, Father, that if we're not good stewards, then you would convict us. Lord, show us, Lord, what we can do in response to the gospel, in response to the good news in which you've given us, Lord. If we say we're followers of you, then you were a sacrificial servant that only did what the Father wanted. So, Lord Jesus, help us. Help our lives mirror what we say we believe. God, help our lives mirror what we say we are. And God, help our bank accounts show that as well. 
help our schedule show that as well. God, give us compassion. And God, give us grace. Lord, today I pray that you open our eyes and our hearts. And we wouldn't be just hearers of the word, but we would be doers. And we'd leave here changed. And we would be obedient. It's in your name I pray.